guys, welcome to Minefields. We have the return of Mr. Damon Ace, the weapon. How you doing, brother? Good, man. How are you? It's good to talk to you, man. Uh, there's uh, Obviously, we've got a lot to catch up on. It's been a long time since we actually sat down and talked. Uh, a lot of lot of big changes for both of us, a lot of good things. And uh, it, thanks for being Whatever. back on the show. Yeah, man. No problem. Thank you for having me. I got to tell you that your, your dad actually had a pretty profound effect on my career doing this. Um, I was, uh, sorry, sorry to start talking about your dad right away. Hey, what's oh, up, Mr. Stone Cold? Uh, Mr. Colorado Stone Cold, he, uh, he approached me at one of the shows. I, th- I think it was the first time I ever met him. And he was like, hey, you're, you're, you're Joshua, right? I'm like, yeah. He's like, I just want to tell you that I-, I listen to your shows and, you know, thanks for, you know, putting my boy over and stuff like that. But you are a consummate professional. I know professionals that work for ESPN uh, such and such and such, and you are up to that caliber. I can tell you do all your research, and I was just like, I'm not good at taking compliments, but like when he focused in on like something I really really work hard on and didn't think anyone noticed, like that sort of compliment has kept me at a higher caliber. And I just wanted to tell you thank you for that. Uh, I'm, I'm sure he's probably gonna listen to this. Thanks a lot, brother, I, I, Mr. Uh, Mr. Damon Ace's dad. Yeah, if ever there was a person that you can listen to when it comes to that stuff, that would be the guy. Yeah, I mean, and been in television and production and radio and all that stuff for over thirty years. So, I imagine he busts your ass pretty hard to make sure that everything you do is one hundred percent quality. Uh, that's been my entire life. So yeah. Now, uh, from uh, school to athletics to everything else I've done, it's always. Give a hundred percent or don't do it. So, was was he really into wrestling before you started becoming a wrestler, or did he just get into it after just to keep up and make sure everything that you know to understand everything that you were doing? Um, I think when he was a kid, he was really into wrestling because he's like a super super big fan of like Ultimate Warrior and obviously Stone Cold Steve Austin and those guys. But um, like growing up, we never really watched it uh, together. Like, you know, the, the cliche story of I used to watch it with my dad when I was five or whatever. Yeah. Um, I kind of started watching right about the time that I got into high school. So I would say, like, it was right before my freshman, freshman year. So I was 12, 13. Um, but then all through high school, like, whether he's into it or not, I don't really know. I've never really talked to him about it. I would assume so because he's very... Uh, into like my matches and the shows that we do and he comes down to Rocky Mountain Pro and helps a lot with the production and the stuff um, but like all through high school we would always go to Red and Jerry's down off of Santa Fe and we would watch like every WWE pay-per-view together so I would assume that part of him enjoys it for himself but I think a larger part of him enjoys you know just hanging out and watching how happy that kind of stuff makes me so does he uh, is <laughs> sorry like it's one of those things that that He's he's he seems like a powerhouse, man. Like when when you're wrestling, is it in your head like I don't want to let my dad down, or is it just more of like is it completely eclipsed? Because you've grown a lot in in just a year. Well, thank you. Um, no, I don't really think so. I think it's more kind of upsetting and demoralizing that like he walks into the locker room and you're like, damn, my 53 year old dad is more jacked and in better shape than literally 90 percent of every locker room you're gonna see. <laughs> No, that that's that's awesome. I mean, he's pretty he's pretty devoted. Um, 
I, I wanted to talk about your, your evolution, because this is obviously, you were one of the first guests I had on the show, and honestly, I was pretty nervous to interview you, because you were one of the first ones, to, actually, first one to invite me into your home, you were excited, you were prepared, um, like, you really rolled the red carpet out for me, and it, it really stuck with me, and I, and I appreciate that, but it's been a year, and I remember the one thing when I realized how far you've grown was when I, it was my first time at Rocky Mountain Pro backstage, and I was just wandering around with a recorder, and I noticed that you guys were just, uh, there was a specific group of gentlemen in this particular corner that were just barking at everyone that walked past. And I noticed people like, you know, staying away because you guys were fucking with everybody. And uh, I went up to you and I was just, just watching you guys talk and I had the microphone out. And you were the only one that noticed. But also, not only did you immediately notice, but you put yourself over exactly the way you should have. Like, the, the second you saw the mic was out, you were on. Like, like no questions, nothing. You were, you were, you were Damon Ace and the other guys were, were great. I mean, like, you know, obviously when they realized the gimmick I was trying to do was just kind of like fuck with everyone and make them go straight into their gimmick. It took them a little bit to figure it out. Yeah. But you were just on cue. Like, what were you thinking when you saw I had that microphone just hot? I mean, I guess I'm blessed in a way that I've, I've been around cameras and microphones and recorders for almost 10 years now so like i'm not uncomfortable there's a lot of people that like they can get to that point you know relatively quickly they can kind of turn it on once they've figured it out but for me like as soon as i see that kind of stuff it becomes second nature almost where it's just it's just like all right well this guy has a recorder out we need to you know not get our characters over but become who everybody believes i guess in a way right uh and I mean, I've known you obviously now for over a year, so I, I know that almost any time that you're around, that something's going on. So, <laughs> right? No, I just I was just really impressed about how uh, you you put your buddies over, you put yourself over. Yeah, you you instantly went into the into the weapon, and uh, there was there was no forethought in it. Like I didn't see you thinking like the the cogs turning. Okay, I'm gonna say this and say this. No, you it just came naturally, man. Like and it was yeah. it, it made me proud to see you evolve like that. So, well, and the thing is, is I, as I've grown in wrestling and kind of become more in tune with where I stand and who I am, it it's also easy for me to just become that way because that the character or whatever you want to call it that I portray is really just me um, in the darkest recesses of my own mind, just amplified. That's really all it is. So it's not hard for me to turn it on. Um, especially when I don't feel like pressured. It's harder for me. I think like when people are like, all right, cut a promo on the spot. And I'm like, well, okay, that's a little bit more difficult. But when I'm just kind of in a comfortable area with people, I know it's not as difficult if that makes sense. No, it, it makes perfect sense. And, uh, again, I'm sorry not to start this out with like, you know, jock riding here, but like you helped me be a better reporter to, to be able to you putting me over, helped other people realize okay like he's damon's talking to him maybe i should talk to him and yeah. and at the same time though when you instantly went to the character you you gave me that trust and th thank you for that so i appreciate it so you yeah. don't need to me brother yeah i had to tell you like right off the bat man it's it's nice to get caught up with people like i caught up with lilith uh, a couple months ago maybe like two months ago uh right right when she got the vid and uh it was nice to to talk to her, and we got a lot of we, we we talked for a while, and just seeing people that I believe in really blossom. And 
t tell me some of the things that were hard for you that you didn't see coming. Uh, I didn't see myself going to Rocky Mountain Pro. How so? Uh, you know, just... I I thought that, like, when you know, because when we talked, I was very happy and content with where I was. Um, and then COVID started. I had my knee surgery. I came back. I started training relatively quickly. And everything had just kind of changed where I was at. And I realized that... Um, for me, in order for me to evolve and become a better, not only performer, but character and, uh, I guess in a way, like how to brand myself better, I needed to move forward. I needed to go somewhere that I could continue to grow and blossom, like you said, and really just evolve as a person, but also as a worker. So, um, but I didn't ever see that really coming. It's a pretty straightforward process here in Colorado. Like, uh, uh, there's a, a lot of different territories, like, and, or feds, whatever. I, I like, I still prefer to call it territory. Like, uh, ICCSW is the PWG of Colorado, uh, where anything goes. Uh, it's not R-rated, but it's still just on the cusp of it, and people can really blossom there and really explore a lot of different things. But then, of course, the you, you really got to see how the ladder goes, and the next step is 100% Rocky Mountain Pro. Yeah. And then, because you just you see the the talent pool that's come out of that school, you know Otis was there, Abaddon was there, uh, Dak Draper was there. We constantly work with D'Lo Brown and Al Snow and Gregory Iron and all sorts of really big people, not only in the Indies but people that have made it and been at the top level. Uh, and so just being able to go there and not only improve as a worker but as a character and learn the actual business aspect of this and like how to start getting out of state and building a brand and becoming a name, a household name in the, in the business. Uh, it's, it's benefited me in more ways than I can say. So, and I know that you guys had Merck on, uh, probably like a month ago or whatever it was. Yeah. And that dude, I owe a lot to that guy. So I have no, no bad things. I've only gotten better and I've only grown and it just, it's, it's fun for me, but it's also challenging because I've never been pushed the way that I get pushed there. So I'm just, I'm very grateful, I guess I would say. First off. Yeah. Yaden's Yaden's the man, man. I, I love the fact that um, a lot of people still don't know who I am. Some people do, but I hear things. And when I hear things about Yaden, it's always good. It's never Yaden screwed me over. Yaden didn't pay me. Yaden, you know, stabbed me in the back. No, it was, it's because that's not the standard. <laughs> yeah, that's it's it's pretty like constantly hearing the same thing about about one person, especially in this business. It really, really shines. And um, just just to just to put Yaden over, and uh, thanks again, Mr. Yaden, for for being on the show and uh, you know helping me have access to your workers. Uh, but tell me about the process on that, because you're, you're telling me that you're you're getting pushed. Like, tell me about the psychological aspect of being pushed, because obviously they're running you ragged. Oh God, yeah, it's crazy. I think the thing that's nice is, and the thing that I didn't really have beforehand was like going, and a having a coach that would sit down and like drill the basics into everybody 
but also just the amount of time that they spend on footwork and ring placement and ring psychology and all of those things. Um, I started to get that when I was at my other training school when Eric Angel started stuff, but you know, he was really only there for a month before I was, was I, I was gone. And so I missed a lot of time with him, especially cause I had my surgery in, uh, in, in March of this year. So, but yeah, once I went over there, um, it basically became, we're going to revamp and reeducate all of the basic stuff because we don't want to be just another indie fed that does a thousand Canadian destroyers right? and your matches don't make any sort of sense and you're just doing cool shit to do cool shit because you think it's going to pop the boys in the back when the actual, the actual goal of any match is to go out and get the fans involved. And you, in order to do that, you don't have to do cool shit. You have to make sure that your story makes sense and that people can get behind what you're doing. And it's, it's as simple as that. And I, that's something that I never really got to learn until I went over there. And I, not learn, I shouldn't say that. I, I learned, but the way that they have explained it and taught it and the drills that we do to employ those kind of ideals is way more in-depth and it's much easier to grasp, if that makes sense. No, it, it, it makes perfect sense. And it, it immediately drove my mind to... When, like, when I was a kid, I was, I was a fuck-up, man. Like, I've, I've done some stupid shit, and you and I have talked about uh, little things about you, you and yourself, but how did it feel the first time you realized that you, you're over with, with the crowd? I mean, did, did, it, did it fuck you up? Did it, did it make you feel like you didn't deserve it? Did you get that imposter feeling, like, I don't deserve it? Or did it just light a fire in their ass to just be better? Or all the above? Um... That's an interesting question. It's kind of hard because I think for your first few months, especially, you don't really hear the crowd because you're so worried about what you're doing inside of the ring. And one of the things that we focus on a lot over at RMP is like, obviously, we can discuss things beforehand. But being able to go out and put something together that means something without talking beforehand it, it allows your mind to open up to what's going on around you instead of just with the person that's in front of you. Um, and so when I started to figure that stuff out, I was already a heel. Like I, I had already become um, the heel version of myself. So I hear it a lot more now, but it's not really like, I guess in a way it's getting over, like you're getting over as a bad guy, but the, the ability that, that especially Dustin and I have created over at RMP to just come out and immediately everybody already hates us. It's kind of awesome. And it makes everything a lot easier because now I know anything that I'm going to do in there is going to get some sort of reaction. Especially as a heel. I mean, you, it's, it's, it's difficult to get over and stay, stay over as a heel until you eventually find out you're a baby face. Cause everyone just loves you regardless of how much of an asshole you're being. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, there's no tweeners. That's not a thing. No, not 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 in this state, man. They, what was going through your head when you first had a fan approach you or wanted an autograph or you know bought your first shirt? Uh, so it was at New Era when I first started, and um, it was actually a couple of kids that came up to me and like wanted me to sign the poster and take a picture with them. And it's like, I I always and you know this about I try to remain humble. In 
and stay kind of in my lane, just keep my head down and do what I'm supposed to do. Right. But when that kind of stuff happens and it's hard to not like look at yourself like, okay, well I'm kind of a superstar in this, in in this person's eyes, in this kid's eyes, I'm kind of his hero or whatever. Um, and it, it's kind of one of those moments where you're like taken aback by everything because like I said earlier, you know, the, the first few times that you go out there, you're just so concerned about what's going on with whoever your opponent is at the time that you don't really realize the impact that you're already having on the people that are around you and being able to, to build on that and create more of that fan base is it's not only special, but it's, it can be very, uh, a test of humility, if that makes sense. Kind of like not trying to build your ego to a point where you're like, well, I'm just so over with all these people. And instead just being grateful that these people even give a shit about what you're doing. Especially in this business, man, it is super easy to get an ego and be like, yeah, of course you like me. I'm, I'm badass. But yeah, exactly. The, but at the same time though, there's a lot of different mindsets out there. I mean, like mentality has completely evolved since, you know, wrestling, you know, evolved out of the territories into, into the, into the F and then into, you know, uh, you know, we've got more and more things like impact and that sort of thing. But we, we've got ideas like mindfulness and, uh, keeping the, the, the grateful sort of, uh, mentality, but not, not just to say you're being grateful. You really got to feel it. Like you gotta, you really got to keep yourself in that, that state of mind. Like, okay, I get it. I could go this way, but no, I like this guy bought a ticket to see me and it, keeping that sort of mindset is, is a lot, man. Like have, have you, do you feel like a, a better man since you've started as a wrestler and started learning? I think it's me a lot in, in, especially in my personal life of just remaining, remaining humble and trying to check myself. And I, and I also have people, there's a small group of us that really help each other stay in check about things. Um, and I don't need to like name any names, but there's been people that I've been close with that have definitely started to get big heads about things. And I'm just like, you need to remember that even when you're at the top, when you make it to the top, you need to stay as humble as you were when you began. Because if you, if you immediately believe that you're the hottest shit on the planet and you haven't really proven that, you have no right to tell anybody anything. You know, you, you have no right to, to believe yourself as this omnipotent figure in wrestling because that's not who you are. And it, it is very easy, especially in this business, because the, the issue is we're not fighting for real, you know. I mean, we are. It, it still hurts. It's not fun. But you're not in an octagon fighting for a championship. I've always believed that Guys like Conor McGregor and those true badasses, they can say whatever they want because you know that they're going to go out there and they're going to beat the fuck out of somebody. Yep. And and they'll back up whatever they have to say. And if they don't, guess what? You just got humiliated in front of everybody. But there's no real checks and balances in what we do like that because somebody can just say that they're the best and that's it's just an opinion. You might be the best here, but then you go to the East Coast and everybody's going to say that you're the shits. Or you're going to go to OVW or Impact and they're going to be like, well... You have no ring psychology. What, you're not as good as you think you, you are. And then those people are just going to say, oh, well, they don't understand the business. Even though those people are at the fucking top level of this business, you, 
that's the kind of shit that bugs me is when people say, oh, well, you know, just because he's made money, he doesn't know. Everything's different now. It's not like it was back then, but it is. It still is. It, in certain places, yeah, 100%. Like, we, we are pretty blessed here in Colorado that everyone pretty much does their best to uh, get along as best as they can in, in such a volatile industry. You uh, you said something really interesting a minute ago um, that really struck a chord with me. And one of the best pieces of advice I've ever, probably the best advice I ever got, was stay in your lane. And the, the idea that was hammered into me is like, yeah, okay, so you're you're trying to be a writer, you're trying to make comics, trying to be you're a good journalist, and then you you see other people doing the same thing, and like, oh damn, I don't have that person on my show yet, uh, or damn, like, why didn't I get that show? Or uh, man, I I had that idea ten years ago. Um, to let that shit go, just stay in your lane, go as fast as you possibly can, uh, maintain the 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 engine that that's running the the ship, and you know. When you stop and smell the roses, you're not gonna have, you're not gonna worry about that that things that get in your head, you know. Not you're like, man, I started that guy, and now he's already you know ring of honor or something like that. You know, it, that's just not your path. And did did you get that same sort of advice, or is that just something randomly you just said? It wasn't really advice. It's just kind of the way that I've always looked at it, um, especially because I I did come from a legit background where I mean I I watched and I trained with plenty of legitimate champions in combat sports and i i see just how like humble those people were even though that they knew any room that they walked in they were going to be the baddest person there but they they always were very respectful and genuine and they had a a, a decent sense of decorum in every conversation they would have with you so when i came over here and i just started seeing certain people not over here i just mean like in wrestling in right, general. Right. I, I see people that aren't that way. It just, it doesn't make sense to me. And so I kind of, I view it as a stay in your lane type of scenario where it, we're all trying to get to the top. I understand that. And it's a competitive business, but until you're there, just stop doing what you're doing. You know, just continue to, to keep your head down, work hard and eventually your opportunities will come, but this whole acting like I'm the shit, even though all I do is wrestle here locally or at one territory or another, and it's not just in Colorado, it's all over the country. There's people that are like this. It Just stay in your lane. Do your work and let, let the universe kind of bring you where you're going to go. There's no reason for jealousy or envy or any of those kind of things. Because if, if you allow that stuff to start consuming you, you're never going to make it anywhere because you're just going to be angry all the time. You, you in no way come off you in no way come off as someone that I would imagine would have constant emotions like that. You, 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 you're definitely competitive, 100 percent. There's oh, no, yeah. there's no mistaking that. Uh, I, I like what you said about, yeah, just just stay in your lane and you know let, let the universe put you where, where you need to be. Um, have you met anyone that was like uh, somebody you might have looked up to or uh, admired in any way as a wrestler that vibrated at that same frequency and just like really just inspired you? Because right now Matt, we're good. Matt Yaden for sure. Um, another person uh, that radiates that energy a lot is uh, Al Snow because he's a very no shit kind of guy and. Um, the way that he views the business and not only views it, but continues to teach it 
is the same way that it's been taught for forever because and it makes sense i mean the the moves and all that stuff have changed but the actual meaning of wrestling hasn't agreed we're still there to sell the finish we are still there to tell a story whether you change your moves up or not we're we're all there for the same thing and if you're not doing those things then you're not going to be a top guy guys like you know you look at and I, whether you like him or not, doesn't matter. But you look at guys like John Cena or Chris Jericho, they aren't out there doing crazy shit all the time. But you watch all their matches because they tell good stories and they, and they make sense and you still buy into the exact same thing that they were doing 10 years ago. Especially when you have like a, a greater in-depth knowledge of the business. Like, uh, like are you kidding me? Y2J Chris Jericho, he's my fucking hero, man. <laughs> I love that guy. Cena, he's not my favorite wrestler, but then, like, when it comes down to it, like, I remember the first, uh, were you watching the night that Kevin Owens made his, um, main roster debut as NXT champion, he showed up and answered the, uh, uh, the, I, I, I shit my pants that night, especially knowing how strict Cena is about who he puts over, and watching him put Kevin Owens completely i mean let him step on his belt like that, I, I couldn't believe it like that that i was beside myself in that and he 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 got ran over like like a like a damn mac uh mac truck man and he yeah but they told a story and look at the emotional connection that you had with it precisely why i brought it up yeah and so you're not just out there to do killer moves you're not there just to be a top guy you're there to tell a story Yes. When did the, the, the storytelling aspect really hit you? And Other than just looking good in ring, making sure you don't fuck up in ring, making sure you cut good, cut good promos. When did the writer aspect hit you? Um, I don't know if it's, it's really the, the writer aspect or the when did it hit me. Because when I came into it, that's what I wanted to do anyways. Because I, I knew coming into wrestling that storytelling was what I always loved about it. That's why CM Punk was one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, because every time you went out there, whether it was a promo or a match or even a, like a backstage vignette, whatever it might have been, there was always a legitimate, almost shoot-style story that was happening. And I, the, the issue that I had wasn't that I wanted to tell the stories. It was how do I do it? through physical violence you know right. what i mean right because it's easy to go out and, and cut a promo and and go back and forth and and in banter with your opponents um but it's a whole nother thing to go out and have a match where there's a story and that you can go back and watch this match and say this is the story i wanted to tell go back and watch it and see if that's exactly what you did and I, it took me a long time to figure that part of it out and when I went over to Rocky Mountain Pro and I went up to Merck and uh, Severino Corrente and Curtis Cole and all those guys, I was like, this is what I want to work on. This is what I need to understand, not only about myself, but about the business. You know what I, you know what I mean? 100%. Um, how can I go out there and tell a story that makes sense, that people can understand this is exactly what they did and why they did it, and we didn't just go out and just do a bunch of stuff? Um, and so even then, I mean, it, it took a couple months. I'm still not great at it. I think it's an ever evolving thing that you continue to learn. There's no such thing as a perfect wrestler. So learning the business, was... Oops, sorry, brother. Sorry. No, go ahead. 
learning the business is probably one of my favorite parts of it. Like, because uh, obviously I've been a wrestling fan my entire life, but getting to learn the how to talk to people, when not to talk to people, um, ideas that will work, won't work, uh, playing ball, uh, interacting with people that are willing to do business. Uh, yeah. I, I love that part of it, man. You brought up Curtis Cole. Like, I can message Curtis Cole right now and be like, yo, uh, I just interviewed Damon Ace, and uh, I'd like to just, you, you know, tell me about the next charge so we can, you know, hype up the next charge and, uh, you know, put over Damon even more. Yeah, brother, when do you need me? Yeah. Curtis is a good dude. It's 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 a lot of fun getting to to know you guys cuz a lot of a lot of different things make you tick. A lot of different things are, are art to you. A lot of things that, you know, inspire you. I like hearing all that sort of thing because, you know, I, I can't, you know, yeah, I stay in my lane, but at the same time I want to be inspired. Like like yoga. Yeah. One of y'all told me try yoga. I've lost 15 pounds. Nice, dude. Congrats. Feel great. Like, uh, you know, I wouldn't have known that. It, it, it would have just been this hippy-dippy bullshit, you know? But, I okay, tough guys are into this. All right, that's fine. You know, I, I still got that. I was raised in the 80s. Still got that tough guy thing in, inside of me, you know? You, yeah, go tell Diamond Dallas Page that he's not a tough guy for doing <laughs> yoga. I know, right? That's what I do. I do DDP. Uh, best $95 I spend a year. Oh. Now... I want to talk about your in-ring work. Okay. Obviously, you're over with me. You wouldn't be on the show otherwise. Shit. Oh, okay. <laughs> I say it's a shit. No, you're not the shits, man. I like the fact that... Because I, I, see, I see a lot of Stone Cold in you, but then I see a lot of stuff that Stone Cold didn't do. Like, well, if you really bring think about it, the last eight years he really did anything, he was just brawling. Uh, there was very little wrestling other than the the, the lockup and the beer drinking and the gimmick. You yeah. you you've got the moves, man. Like you're 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 wrestling out there, man. I I really enjoy that. Like, did you start any like uh, back in high school doing any like amateur work that sort of thing? Like you know, real Greco Roman. Not in high school, um, but when I was doing MMA and jujitsu and stuff, I did uh, wrestling and all that as well. So. Because it was all part of the school. So, like, usually on nights where we did jiu-jitsu, there was always a, a wrestling camp before then. So I would do that, you know, like, two or three times a month. And then still I was I was training four or five days a week in Muay Thai and jiu-jitsu. So I've just – I I've kind of brought a lot of that stuff with me and tried to employ those types of not only moves but um, – knowledge of uh kind of a knowledge of like anatomy and how people move where they're gonna go feeling their weight and all that kind of stuff has allowed me to grasp what we're doing in there a lot easier if that makes sense 100 percent. um so just kind of being able to like work with somebody and also knowing like okay i'm feeling this person go this way so i'm gonna go this way and just being able to feel each other out and, and work that well together has become much easier for me because of the knowledge that I had gained previous to coming to wrestling. It's 100% apparent, especially in that uh, match that you had with uh, Balaam uh, a couple months ago. Even though it was only like six minutes long, uh, it, it was it was apparent that you've really been doing your homework, uh, as opposed to like when seeing when you first wrestled, yeah, you knew what you're doing and you're learning, 
But like with with Balaam, like you were doing the old school thing where you you were working the limbs, like you were going for the the hot spots. That's what I now, man, I love that shit. Love the old school uh, shit, man. I called I called that match on CSW uh, uh, Saturday nights with with Tony one time, and I was just I was just floored by how you were just like his, his arm was hurt. You were just working that goddamn arm over and over and over. And, and look at how much sympathy he got, and we got that fucking match over and blew the fucking roof out in five or six minutes. <laughs> like it was perfect. You, you barely had any. Shit. You barely even had any big moves. That's. Nope. That's I didn't have is. any moves. That's where it was. I mean, other than ripping the 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 curtain, <laughs> getting caught in it, that was cool. Yeah, but it, it had that heat. It, it, it was the perfect old school. Like Balaam's got the heat. Time for you to shine. Like back and forth. Like, that sort of thing was was really awesome. Especially just from what I knew about. Because uh, the last time I, I think the last time I, I actually saw your family was at that Colorado United show that, man, I guess I'm still completely floored by that show. Um, uh, I sat with your family, and uh, your mom was yeah. your mom was shining. She's like, because you, uh, you and Balaam were putting Lilith over for the first time. And uh, she was like, I remember when they were doing this in the basement. <laughs> like, yep. And then now you're, you're getting that psychology in, man. Like, is, is there anything that you're really, you haven't got to do yet? that you're really looking forward to. And I'm not asking for like some big giant move here. I mean, like it, like what's, what's brewing in your head. Um, I really want to start filming a lot more like, uh, vignettes and creating kind of a universe around my character. It's kind of something I've always wanted to do since I was kind of in high school was create, you know, you see guys like Taker do it in the fiend and killer cross and those guys, they come out and they have really, really good matches. But also behind the scenes, they've created a, like a universe that people can become absorbed in. You know, Firefly Funhouse. And uh, with Taker, it was the Druids and the supernatural kind of gimmick. And then with Killer Cross, he basically created this, you know, uh, I'm the doomsday prophet and I'm coming to destroy everything. And they've all gotten it over really, 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 really well by creating a universe of like backstage and outside of the ring vignettes. Um, and that's something that I really want to start doing. But I'm kind of I'm not hindered right now. But me and me and uh, Dustin Yurick are in a faction in the, uh, the wake right now. So we just are kind of focusing on doing that kind of stuff. And I'm going to start doing the vignettes on on my own and start creating that kind of universe around myself. Well, fuck, man. We got a. Uh, I actually bought the uh, Soco Pro a, a big ass green screen. So if you, you ever get a fl- uh, hair up your ass, fucking like, want to cut a promo and just work on something, I'm usually there on Saturdays. And you let me know. Yeah. I'll make sure that we've got plenty of time. Like, no questions asked, because um, I've got my own studio space there. So they let because of everything I've done to help put CSW over and Soco Pro over. They, they've really just open arms. Like, gave me my own fucking studio space. So that's nice. that. It's, it's really nice. Like they're, they're, the boys are working, and I've got my back to. I've got my back to them. I'm 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 painting. I'm I'm working on a. I'm working on arranging a podcast. I'm I'm emailing people. Um, like we're we we've got Dax on the show on uh, Tuesday morning. Actually, you mentioned him earlier. Who? Uh, dude from Ring of Honor. He was in. Oh, Dax. 
Dak uh, Draper. Yeah, Dak Draper, man. I thought you said Dax. I was like, I don't know who that is. No, no, no I, I might have misspoken. Yeah, the Mile High Magnum. Yeah, so we're going to have him on the show. and But yeah, if we've got the green screen. You if watch you just... any of his stuff? Oh my god, yeah, I've been doing all my research on this guy. Yeah, I'm excited. He's... I've only met I've only met him t- twice. Uh, once was at Triple L, and the other one was at, I think it was at an RMP show, I think. I have to get He's up. good. He's great. I have to get up early for that one, man. That's eight in the morning. On we're interviewing him uh, eight in the morning on on Tuesday. So, man, if you're available, you want to you want to chime in, man. All you got to do is call in and Skype. We'll have you on the show. I'm not gonna steal his shine. <laughs> well, yeah. Just uh, if you ever get the idea, like, and you know, just uh, shit, I'll feed you, man. Come down. It'd be nice hanging out with you. Cut some promos. Yeah, that would be awesome. How was how was Kentucky, man? Dude, fucking brutal. <laughs> it was brutal. How so? Oh, my God. Uh, so we flew in on Thursday. I think it was the, yeah. Because the combine was on the 7th. So we flew in on the 5th. Who's we? Got there. I, it I was know. me. You know? I know, oh, but yeah, I want you to tell everyone. Balaam, Lilith, and uh, Kelly Dowdy, who is one of our color commentators for Rocky Mountain Pro. Um, we flew in on Thursday. Uh, we, our plane left at 7, so we were there at 4 a.m. Um, we got there, got in our hotel, just kind of hung out on Thursday. Friday, we went to the facility that the combine was going to be at just to kind of tour it and see what, what it looked like, and uh, also to try and get our Kentucky licenses done. Balaam had already done his, um, but me and Lilith needed to get ours done. So we tried to do that. The insurance shit? And then, yeah. Um, and then Saturday was the combine. And Saturday was... Uh, it was one of those... It was a test yourself day. Um, it was, we're going to see how much heart do you have. And I didn't initially realize that we were going to do in-ring stuff on the same day until like the day of on Saturday. So we did the combine. It was a series of obviously athletic tests. It was very similar to what they would do at like an NFL combine. But then we also did uh, promo and character work in front of Al Snow and Dan Severin and Sin Bodie, uh, Matt Yaden. Uh, who else was there? I know there was other people in that room. I just can't remember. Is is Al Snow completely based? Out, I mean, he's. Got, I know the schools are like in Utah. We got, you know, obviously it's affiliated here with uh, uh, RMP. Is he primarily out of Kentucky? Well, yeah, because he, yes, because he's the, he uh, owns and operates OVW. I, I like how they've been expanding, man. It's such a smart idea. Such a fucking smart idea to franchise your school like that and associate with all the yeah. different feds. Like, fucking brilliant. Well, Rocky Mountain Pro is now an Al Snow uh, Wrestling Academy. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 100%. All right, so. But, yeah, so we, did, uh, we did all that on Saturday. So we did. Like, obviously, it was, like, vertical jump, squat rep max, bench rep max, 
um, agility drills, pull-ups, uh, memory drills, all that kind of stuff. And then we had an hour to go home, change, and get to the the venue where they all where they all wrestle at the uh, the arena. And so we we got there, and then they put us through like two hours of just legit like physical. We're gonna sprint in this ring drills, and it was so funny because we did uh, after the squat rep max. My legs were just dead already. And we did a drill where it was a it was a back and forth thing. So they would give us a sequence. One person would do it. You would throw the person out of the ring, jump down, sprint around, chase them, roll in, and then it was the other person's turn to do the same drill. And so I did the drill. Boom, threw her out. I jumped out and I like landed on the ground and my legs just gave out. There was there was fucking nothing there. So I had to like get up, sprint, and then continue. And then we did that for another hour. So it was pretty brutal. How hard was it to stay in your lane watching everyone else do the same thing you just did? I mean, like, if uh, someone did it better. At that point, so I was pretty much dead at that point, so I didn't really, really care much for what anybody else was doing because I was just trying not to pass out. Uh, but from what I did see, I mean, everybody that, that came from, from our school and from other schools, and everybody tried their best, and we all did very, very well, so... Whether it's whether it was our school or the other people from different states, um, you can really tell that everybody came to make a mark. So, what was the camaraderie like in the uh, locker room? Was it brutal? And was everyone really supporting each other? Like when I see videos of uh, y'all training, y'all are just pumping each other up. Um, was that did that translate there, or was it just like oh, you yeah. know? I, I'm not that way in general. I because you know I played football, I played lacrosse, I was did mixed martial arts, I played basketball, so I've always been that guy. Even if I don't know who you are, I'm going to push you to do better. So when I would finish my stuff at the combine, like if I finished my set, I would go around and I'd yell at everybody and hype everybody up because, you know, at that point we're all in it together. I understand that we're trying to be competitive, but that doesn't mean that you have any sort of reason to be an asshole. So I would rather all of us do really, really well and make it really hard for them to decide who's going to make it and who's going to get an opportunity rather than just worry about myself and everybody else does shitty. And then I get an opportunity because everybody else just did shitty. Right. If I can be best of the best out of everybody that tried to do their absolute best, I think that looks better on me and everybody else than it would in any other way. So I would rather everybody give 110% of what they have and and beat everybody at the at the best that they can possibly give rather than everybody kind of be lackadaisical and mediocre and win because of that if that makes sense oh it makes perfect sense man that's the exact sort of uh, mentality i would expect from your from what i expect out of you honestly man to not not to be an asshole but i expect a lot out of you man and y- you 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 really i got a lot of belief in you <laughs> It's 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 one of those things where, you know, closed doors and all right, shithead, you're nice to everyone. Who do you really think is gonna fucking make it? First one out of my mouth is Dave Mace. Sorry. Thank, thank you. So, so I expect a shitload. So don't fuck up. Um, I don't. 
the the uh, what new friends did you make, man? Like, did you did you come away like with a lot of new contacts? Like, uh, who who who'd you really you know strike a chord with and, and get a good rapport with? Um, I got we got to hang out uh, with Josh Ashcraft, um, who is the leader of the Legacy of Brutality for OVW. Um, he took us all around Kentucky, and then uh, we went shooting, and we got to go hang out in their locker room. So I got really close with Josh and uh, Cash was there, Cash Money, or Cash Flow, not Cash Money, sorry, Cash Flow. He's cool. Um, Keep going. Keep going. I'm writing their names down. I'm I'm, going to reach out to them. I'm trying. Cash Flow is, it's K-A-S-H-F-L-O. Cool. Um, Who else did we talk to a lot? That was pretty much it, honestly, as far as, like, the roster members for OVW. We didn't get to really work with a lot of them um, just because the combine and that stuff was separated from the locker room, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, they had a lot of their, like, lead guys there at the combine. Um, obviously, guys like Sin Bodie and Cash and Al was there. Uh, so, like, all those top guys. Um, but other than that, like we didn't get to spend a whole lot of time with anybody else. So that was kind of the, the few people that I got to spend time with and talk with. I, I, I got to talk about myself for a second, but I'm, I'm putting you over. Um, oh. w- one of the things I, I really, in, I get to enjoy, uh, being the reporter is cause you guys have all learned that. Yeah. I've, I've been a legit reporter for since 2004 and getting to, become friends with you guys or just be friendly, but also get to share your, your, your highs and lows online. I get to see your, your stories and, uh, seeing y'all in, in the, in the hotel, like I get to live vicariously, just so proud of you guys. Um, and I was talking to my, my good friend about it, who she, she's, she's one of my best friends you know, the, you, the one person you talk to, like you're having that moment in the middle of the night and call like, dude, am I a piece of shit? Am I fucking up? Is everything I do stupid? She's like, no, you're fine. If if you weren't doing good, you wouldn't get to see these things that they're showing you. You would be blocked. You you would be just one of the marks that you talk about that that don't get to see these things. And uh, one of the probably the funniest things I've ever seen in my life was watching uh, you open a bottle with your butt cheeks. <laughs> Dude, it was like three in the morning. I'm fucking laughing my ass off in my room, like gonna wake everyone up type thing. And. Uh, like if like if if I didn't have known that you would have been already asleep, I would have sent you some Zohan shit, man. Like, cause that's when uh, Zohan hooked me was he's catching shit in his butt cheeks and fucking Damon's open <laughs> twist offs. Okay, that was from Borat, just so everybody knows. <laughs> and I was like, I think it would be funny to reenact this scene from Borat, and so we did. And then Kelly fucking posted it on Facebook. <laughs> Whatever. Like, how do you, it was fun. How do, you, how do you get that, that phone call from your mom and you, just, you can just... She's like, what were you doing last night? Nothing. Uh-huh. Uh, did not call me, luckily. Uh, My dad said to me. What did he tell you, man? He seems like he someone that'll laughing. roast the shit out he of you, man. He was laughing. No, he was just laughing. He's like, why would you do that? And I was like, I don't know. I thought it was funny. And he was like, it was funny. It's, it's, and then he's like, did you actually do that? And I was like, maybe. I don't know. That's 
Kayfabe, bro. <laughs> you proud of your baby boy? <laughs> open bottles with my butt cheeks. I fucking loved yeah. it, man. It was it was great. I was I was proud of you guys, man, and I was proud to to get to uh, to see that that you guys trust me and uh, know that uh, anytime you know I talk behind off off screen, it's that's it. You know, it's not going any further. <clears throat> especially like, yeah. especially because I thought I'd really pissed you off because Max was like that that time when Max Carney just crying and I looked at you because I was it was just intense and I had to come up to like listen, man, I wasn't big leaguing you. I just you know he was freaking out at the time, man. And you're like fuck you, you're big leaguing me, but you knew I was, you you you, you knew, man, and I, I appreciated that so. Again, it's just uh, it's one of I've been having one of those days of like calm reflection, and I, I'm I'm when your mind is always wanting to be like, no, you're not you're not going to make do anything, you're not going to succeed, and then no, no, those, the thoughts are just pouring in nice, and get to talk to Damon Ace, man. It's uh it's one of those rare occurrences, man. I, I I'm looking forward to when you're like in New Japan or Dragon Gate, and like you're if going to Japan would be awesome. I don't know why I just see you in Japan. It's not enough for Japanese wrestling right now, though. You can do strong I, I style. I do a lot more cardio. <laughs> you can do strong style. I know I can, but it's like, can I do that for 40 minutes? Because every fucking match that New Japan has is like a million years long. They're yeah. insane. More burpees, baby. <laughs> yeah. More, more burpees. I'll get there. I'll get there. I don't know I'm why. Right now, I just see you in Japan for some reason, and it it just it just makes sense to me. Like, you in, know why it, you see me in Japan? Why? Because I'm a tall, big white guy, and that's like every heel ever in Japan. <laughs> well, you're 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 cut though, so you're not going to be like chasing shit like that, and like with a dad bot out there, man. Like, you're gonna. Yeah. <laughs> you you're gonna towel over evil, and you're gonna. Uh, it just it just makes so much more sense, man. Have you ever been to Japan? I have not. It's a it's a blast, man. It's it's a lot of have fun. You been to Japan? I have been to Japan as a six oh. foot three man walking among these Japanese people, and everyone's staring at me like, "Yeah, I'm awesome." <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was. It was... You imagine the the looks that Lance Archer used to get over there. Oh Jesus Christ, man! Like they, they'll just with with big dudes like that, they'll just go up and just look at you like, like you're. A... Yeah. There's something. Obviously, I can't ask you where you prefer to go, because uh, I don't, you know, I don't want anyone hearing anything to burn any bridges. But I mean, if you did get to go to Japan, would you want to go to Dragon's Gate? Would you? I mean, because they, they're, I mean, those are that's a little bit more hardcore. Uh, New Japan, though, I just see you just really get inspired there, man, and, and getting thrown out of your element and coming back with it comes to japan i think anything would be really cool i would just really enjoy the opportunity of being there you know it doesn't matter where i was really wrestling obviously the the smart answer would be new japan um because i a i think i would be able to thrive there but b you're going to make more money and you're going to build a better brand but honestly when it comes down to it like just being in japan would be cool um and i i mean just being in the in the country uh so really like anywhere honestly if i got an opportunity to go there i, I would go i just think it's like essential to to take you out of your element because you've got a lot working against you you're a big guy you've got a great look you're a great brawler uh you you can actually build a story in ring 
and make people that just like saw you for the first time just fall in love with you or hate you depending on how what angle you're working but also you know like there's not there's not a lot to go that hasn't been done yet like what are you gonna do be the beer drinking like big truck guy like that's already happened like uh, the yeah the the cult uh that uh the cult of personality specifically and uh that that's something that like it's it's such a specific phrase and that's exactly why cm punk picked pick that song um you know like uh for listeners that don't understand what a uh, cult of personality is think of uh that joel overseen guy that runs uh that that big ass mega church is that and really joel. yeah olstein whatever the fuck his name is is that really jesus or is that just him that's that's what a cult of personality is and I just want to. I just want you to develop, and you're 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 doing really really fucking kick ass at it. And I'm. Where are you going? Like, I don't see you. You're not a drinker. You're nope. You you're definitely the type to uh, to take the wall down when necessary. Like for example, um, listeners, uh, minefielders. Uh, a couple months ago, when we first started doing CSW shows. I had a friend that has a uh, trans son and I uh, invited them over uh, just to, to meet you guys. And just because I know that specific people would be really cool with them and in with, with her son and, and get that flow that, wait a minute, like these big tough guys are cool with me. Like what the fuck is going on? Like maybe I should keep with what I'm doing and, 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 you know, stick to my guns and, and not let anything break me down. And I'm like, Damon, I need you. And you're like, fuck you. And I'm like, no, dude, I need you. I need to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and uh, yeah, I told you what was going on. And uh, you're like, absolutely. And you talked to this young man. And uh, you, you weren't there for the after effect of how inspired he was. That such a big dude that could fold him in half was not only excited to meet him, but accepted him. No questions asked. Mm-hmm. No questions asked. And w- when we were talking earlier about, um, we were talking about a little bit, of, well, it was more of a question I was bringing in my head about heroes. Uh, my hero when I was a kid was Weird Al. I was that, I didn't have any friends. I was into comic books and Star Trek and Star Wars, but Weird Al was my friend. And then I got into wrestling, and in my head, I knew that, like, man, if I was, if, you know, Stone Cold would, Stone Cold would help me out, you know, and, and I, I, you had that effect, if that makes sense. Like, you know, if anything, yeah, I got picked on at school, but this big motherfucker named Damon Ace had my back, even if it was just for a four-minute conversation. Did you realize yeah. how impactful that was for them? No. Like I said, like you said, I, you know, I wasn't there for the, the after of it. So, but, like, my thing is just, I understand that I play, like, a fucking crazy sociopath character who just wants to go out and legitimately hurt as many people in as many ways as I possibly can. But that doesn't mean that like when cameras aren't on or whatever, that I, I need to be a bad person. Um, oh, agreed. And that's not what I was getting at. I, I'm just saying that. I, it, asking... No, I know. And that's where I was going is, is just, I've always been a very reasonable and accepting person. And so when people, whether your political beliefs belong to one side or the other, it really doesn't matter to me. I would rather somebody come up to me and just say like, Hey, I'm having a bad day. Will you talk to me? And I, and I'll always be there for anybody no matter what. So 
when you came up to me and you said that, I was like, yeah, I'll go talk to whoever you want. I don't, I don't care. Um, I'm just going to be me. So hopefully they're cool with that. No, no, you, you were, you were, you were, you made a huge impact on like a lasting long life type thing. They're always going to remember that being trans and whether you agree with it or not, uh, or, or like you said, whatever political beliefs you have, that is going to stick with him forever. Yeah. And, and then you went and then you went and had a full blown match with a six year old girl and Bruce Reigns had to fucking save your ass. (laughs) Dude, that was Um, awesome. That, that was, I pulled the Kenny Omega. You, except for I didn't actually kick her. <laughs> he totally did. She pulled a cross face on Bruce Wayne's, and he's kicking and screaming. And yeah. like uh, I, I was talking to uh, to the the gentleman I was talking about a second ago, his his mom, who I'm very good friends with, and I was like, "You see this? This is what wrestling is about. This is exactly yep. what what it's about. Like, yeah, it's you know all, everything we've talked about the business and psychology, but like, no, it's it's getting that a true blue reaction of someone really making someone stay. Man. And and I, I I really. I'm glad to know that you have that in your head that you're you're gonna make that lasting impression and you're aware of what you can and cannot do for people and like I said I just I've seen you grow it's it's fucking great I've seen Lilith grow I've seen Jesus grow um, it just makes me happy man it's, like I said it's been one of those reflectful days <laughs> it's one of those yeah one of those sure. reflectful days um, as we wind down here man. Um, what are the plans going forth uh, that you can tell us uh, about what's going on in Rocky Mountain Pro? I mean, like, uh, when's the next charge? Uh, how can we find you? I believe the next charged is January 2nd, but I can confirm with you if you give me, like, two seconds to look at the schedule. Um, but we have our Aces High or Aces Wild tournament on January 30th, so that will be a pay-per-view. Um, Please tell me that's not a Friday. You all always have your shit on what? Fridays, and I have to work late on Fridays all the time. January. Well, you just pull up your Twitch, loser. What are you talking about? Yeah, there it is. No, I want to be there. <laughs> like that. That's like uh, uh, I can't be the... there now. I, nobody can be there right now. Yeah, I know, man. But it's it, even then, like. I, I, they've given me some leeway, you know, understand the rules. Like when we were, uh, that first, uh, Rocky Mountain event, uh, this summer, you know, we all had our masks on and, you know, we did what we had to do and it was a great show. Yeah. It was fun watching you guys at Gorilla, by the way. <laughs> it was a lot of fun watching you guys watch the, watch the matches at Gorilla, by the way. It was, it was true colors came out in what you, yeah, it's, uh, they have quite the production over there. Um, especially for not having much of a budget, it looks very extremely polished. Very, yes. Yeah. So next charge is January second, and then the next pay per view is January thirtieth. Well, I will do everything I can to be there. We'll definitely pull up Twitch one hundred percent. Like I was watching Devotion at the uh, end of uh, work on on Friday because it was super dead. So Saturday, dog. No, I know it was it was the it was the replay from uh, from the last week. It was nice to just get caught up on it. And how do we find you on uh, Facebook? I'm saying both uh, charged and the pay per view are both on Saturdays this, uh, in January. Excellent. All right, that makes me that makes me happy for the new year. 
Especially after all this bullshit. How's your family been all cooped up, man? Uh, I mean, it's it's difficult, obviously. It's hard for everybody right now. I've been struggling a lot, so. Um, but I just keep my head up, and I keep going to training. I use it as, like, my therapy to feel better about my shitty life right now. So. I understand, man. It, 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 it really fucked with me when... I was cooped up, had to work from home for a bit, and it, it drove me completely insane, man. Like, I, I like, like couldn't sleep. <laughs> like, at least you get to still work, though. Yeah, that's. Uh, I was very thankful for that. I actually felt really um, uh, imposter sim- syndrome in that because I used to be a waiter, man, and uh, I've never been essential. You know, They're like, oh, you're essential. You're you're still working. I'm like, dude, I'm a piece of shit. Fuck me. <laughs> like, 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 okay, I, I still get to work. It, it's it's been a little weird. Yeah, luckily I'm going back to work this week, but I haven't worked a day since August, so. They just put the brakes on everything there. That sucks, man. Yep, and now we're doing the, the Nuggets are coming back, which is nice, Um, but we have to do, like, COVID tests every other day, and, you know, if you go in and you have even a slightly raised temperature, like, you have to go home, so it's it's all crazy right now. I'm just ready for for this all to be over. Are you going to take the vaccine? I'm not going to answer that question. <laughs> gotcha. I'm pretty worried about it myself. I don't want to be like in in 10 years filing, being part of a huge class action lawsuit because I, like something fucked up happened in my body. But at the same time, though, I've got precious cargo that, you know, my, my mom is has a extremely, um, what's the word? Her immune system is fucked. Yeah. Completely. Sorry for that. I, I appreciate that, man, but it's one of those things like, well, we, we got to, I'm, I'm just hoping for a good Christmas. That's the best I can, I can hope for. Like, good Christmas. Yeah, bro. The governor said you don't get Christmas, so fuck you, bro. <laughs> the best we can do. Yeah. I just, if you ever want to have this conversation, off recording we can have this conversation but i don't like to go into the political nature of things oh no i didn't want to go political at all man i was just just touching on it i apologize unfortunately unfortunately this entire thing has become very political so it definitely stings doesn't it yeah well how do we find you brother how do we find you online same places bro uh facebook damon ace instagram the weapon 95 twitter is the same handle as my instagram and then uh i do have a youtube channel now that i started recently um that it's just the official weapon 95 so well it's been a pleasure to catch up with you man and i look forward and expect great things out of you and uh thanks again to uh damon ace's family for always uh being absolute sweethearts to me and encouraging me and glad they raised a fucking kick-ass motherfucker like you, brother. Thanks, man. It was fun to talk with you again. I hope that you're doing well. You too, brother. We'll sign off. This is Minefields. This is dangerous. This transmission is over. Don't hang up. <laughs>